Lord, we thank you this morning that you hear us. You hear us every single time we reach out to you. I pray for every person here today that they'll understand in their heart that God knows where they are right now. That there is no distance between heaven and earth in the spirit. And we give you thanks today. We give you thanks today. We know, Lord, that you're working mightily in our midst. We thank you that no weapon formed against anyone in this congregation can prosper because it is the heritage of the saints that we walk in power, that we walk in anointing, that we walk with the glory of God showing through our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody believe that said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to make our confession this morning. Say this, God knows about me. Now, for some of you, that's scary. <laughs> for some of us, you know, some days we'd rather he didn't know about us, but he does know about us all the time, it says in Hebrews 4, that there's nothing that God does not see. And, you know, God loves us always. He just wants the very best for us because we're all created for a purpose and a destiny. So would you just say this? We'll put the, that up on the screen, if you could, back there. And it's, this is what we confess if you're visiting with us every Sunday. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And then we have to say the oldie but goodie, Pastor Bills. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. And you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Give him a hand as you're seated. What did I do? What's the matter? Oh, Something's wrong with my hair. I never look at the back of me. I'm just trying to look in the front. How many of you know you don't want to look at the rearview mirror all the time? I have a word for you today, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is guiding us each week since we've come to the trails. I believe it was a divine appointment for us to be here so we could social distance and have everybody together every Sunday. I believe it's a great time in the body of Christ for us to stand and be heard in our nation. And so we need to be together to encourage one another, to exhort one another. I heard a man say, uh, it was on Facebook, and he was, you know, there's a lot of people who are very upset on Facebook. And it's on both sides. Everybody's upset. Saying things. But the word of God is truth. Everybody say the word of God is truth. And he said, it's not about a building. It's not about uh, coming you know, on the video, which it's okay to look on uh, live. We have that Facebook Live every Sunday. It also goes up on YouTube. We're not against that. But there's something about getting together. Everybody say getting together. There's something about being able to see somebody, to touch somebody. And I talk to a lot of our people in church who are older, but even younger ones who haven't gone out yet. And the one thing they all, all say is, I miss being with the people. Why is that? Because God created us to be together. He created us to grow together, to learn together, and to be able to see faces. I love texting, but I like it better when I get to see my kids face to face. I like to look at them. I can tell what they mean better in person than I can on texting. How many of you have ever gotten a text and thought, wow, I wonder what they're really thinking? Uh, sometimes it can be misconstrued. God wants to see you face to face every day. 
every day he wants to talk to you face to face. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit-led church. And the reason for this is last week I shared on being willing and obedient. And I believe God is giving words to the church right now to prepare us for what's coming, which I believe is a mighty revival of God in the midst of gross darkness. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The light has come, but we'll have to be ready. Everybody say ready. And the key, I believe, to every person being um, full of power in the anointing of God is being able to hear from the Spirit of God, whether it's in the Word of God or it's the, it's the rhema word by the Holy Spirit guiding us. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, I believe, and I've told the, the, my staff this, that um, the month of August, we're going to be talking about deception. Why am I going to talk about deception on Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights, we're there for an hour. We teach the Word of God, and everybody needs to know the Word of God right now. We need to be in Bible school. Everybody say Bible school. So Wednesday nights are Bible school, one hour of just teaching the Word of God, line upon line. And this is the reason. I believe 2 Timothy chapter 3 is exactly where we're at right now. Now, I don't know how long this will go on. I don't know when the trumpet will sound. But I know this. The Lord told me years ago, you only need to be concerned about being ready and doing what I've asked you to do when I come. So I believe that's for the church. I believe it's for all of us. But I want to read to you from the Passion Bible where, where, where um, deception is concerned. If you read, this is the last book that Paul wrote before he was martyred. And this is what it says. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. How many of you have seen that? People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. How many of you believe we see that today? If you turn on the television, if you look at a newspaper, anything that you look at today, slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than in the pleasures of loving God. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. Father, I thank you today that you helped me give this word. I believe it's a word that you want us to know. It's, it's a word not to bring discouragement, to encourage us that you have a plan and a purpose for all of us. And I thank you, Lord, that by the leading of the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, by the truth of the things that we put into our hearts at this time, that will renew our mind to be able to walk in the power and anointing that you've given us. Let me say this clearly. Let me say it with the heart that you gave it to me in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Last week, we talked about loyalty. And this is, in my Bible, it says Timothy's loyalty. Timothy was the, the one son of Paul. Titus and Timothy were the two, really, that he really put a lot into their lives. He wanted to grow them up so that they could become all they were called to be. But you, Timothy, have closely followed my example and the truth that I've imparted to you. You have modeled your life after the love and endurance I've demonstrated in my ministry by not giving up. Everybody say, we're not giving up. The faith I have, you now have. What I have hungered for in my life has now become your longing as well. 
the patience I have with others, you now demonstrate. And the same persecutions and difficulties I have endured, you have also endured. Yes, you know all about what I had to suffer. And he talks about his suffering, but he says, I endured that persecution. Yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them, he says. No matter what he was persecuted for, God delivered him. Everybody say, God will deliver me. For all who choose to live godly as worshipers of Jesus, the anointing will also experience persecution. There will be evil people and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving as they lead people further in the truth. Yet you, everybody say, yet me. I must continue in advance in strength with the truth wrapped around my heart, being assured by God that he's the one who has truly taught me all these things. That's why we read the Word of God. Everybody say, I need to read the Word of God. The Word of God will keep us out of trouble. And in Acts uh, 1.8, you know, we all in this church, we talk about this scripture a lot. And I want you to put it up on the screen. It's Jesus' last words really to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. You shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses. Everybody say, I'm a witness. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I just, I believe the progression just means it starts at home. Don't everybody cheer me down. But that's the truth. You never go further than what's in your house. Now, we all have situations in our house. Certainly, Pastor Bill and I have had our share in raising children and things that have happened, things we've done, decisions we've made. But the truth is we have to fix ourselves. We have to fix our house to the best of our ability, and then we begin to go and help others. And I believe the church is ready to do what God has called us to do, to be witnesses. This is what it says, one that gives evidence. Evidence of what? The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that gives evidence, something serving as evidence or proof or a sign. You know, the truth of this was, just in the next chapter, it's recorded that the Holy Spirit fell in that upper room. And all those that were in that room, 100 or so, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is a Holy Ghost church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of God. Now, I know in Romans, all of us, it says, your spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that you are the sons and daughters of God. As soon as we're saved, the Holy Spirit lives within us. That's the exchange of salvation. We pray and we receive Jesus into our hearts, into our minds, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He's there. It says he's the teacher in John 14. It says that he's the comforter. In John 16, it says he's the spirit of truth. Everybody say truth. How many believe the world needs some truth right now? We are taking, my husband preached on Wednesday night. If you didn't hear it, you need to go back and listen to that message. He talked about where it says when people begin to say a truth is a lie and the lie is the truth. And if you say a lie enough times and enough people hear it, they will say it's the truth. But the word of God will rightly divide that for you. And the Holy Spirit of God will quicken your body, quicken your mortal body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in every one of us. And it will cause us to rise above what the lies are in this world. We are not subject to this world. Everybody say, I'm not subject to this world. I don't know what's happened to me since my husband said I was supposed to preach. But it is on my life. 
I get out here in the parking lot in this, in this parking lot through the week, and I preach myself into happiness every day because the Word of God is truth. I believe we're going to see the church be powerful. I believe we're going to rise to the occasion. And what the devil thought he had had us under his feet, we're going to show him he is under our feet. And we're going to stomp on him real good and identify every lie that he is speaking in this nation. But it starts in our house. The Lord said to me, it starts at home. It starts at home. He started with a man and a woman. He created a family. And that's where God starts with every one of us is in our homes. And so if you have a situation there today, begin to ask the Holy Spirit, how can we fix this? How can we change this? And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the voice of God. Everybody say the voice of God. Now, God speaks to us in many ways. And you all know the scripture uh, where Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24. If you could put that, pick that up uh, on the screen, Reuben, I'm jumping all over in this message, so just hang on. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, everybody say, come after Jesus. Say, I need to come after Jesus. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Everybody say, follow me. And then it also says in Mark 10, 21, to the rich young ruler, just another example uh, of what Jesus said. It says, then Jesus, looking at this rich young ruler, loved him. Everybody say, God loves us. And God loved him and said, because God loved him, he said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come. Everybody say, come. Take up the cross and follow me. Everybody say, follow me. You know, how do we follow God? How does anybody follow God? Uh, you know, we look at the Word of God, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell you how to buy a house. It doesn't tell you necessarily uh, decisions that you're going to have to make in everyday life. What, what do you do in a pandemic? You know, but there are scriptures that apply to those situations, but it isn't under how to, how to get out of a pandemic. You know, how to get toilet paper in a crisis. It's not in your Bible. But if you know the scripture that says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and you're saying that daily in your house, you're going to have toilet paper. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to say, get to the store and buy some toilet paper. I mean, when that happened, my husband shot to the grocery. We're still going through toilet paper from the beginning of the pandemic. We will not lack toilet paper. Now, don't all of you run over to my house if something happens. But, but if you're listening, everybody say listening. The Holy Spirit leads us by listening. And, the, and I believe in today's world, when I go around people, people love to talk. But you can tell sometimes they're not even listening. Because we've not trained ourselves to wait. We have McDonald's faith. And we haven't trained ourselves to listen. I believe that, even myself. When I come out here, I say, okay, God, I'm just listening. Because he told me, you, you have to listen to me. And I will tell you what to do. When you need to know it. Everybody say, when I need to know it. How many of you like God to tell you the whole thing? You know, this is what it is. I want to tell you a story today about a young man. And his name, uh, if you look in the Bible, in Second Chronicles, could you put that up for me? We're going to start here. His name was Josiah. And he was a young man. He was about eight years old. Tristan, are you back there? 
This is Chris and hi, Tristan. He's visiting us from Arkansas. He's Aaron and Chris Campbell's uh, grandson. Can you, just, can you just run up here and stand by me just for a second? Look at how brave he is. Now, this is a man who's going to follow God right here. This is a young man who's going to love God. Amen? <laughs> I want us to read this first scripture. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Josiah, how old are you? Eight. Eight. What grade are you going to be in? Um, third. Third grade. A third grader has taken over the nation. Thank you, Josiah. You're a very handsome man. Can you imagine today if we said, now in this election, we're going to be voting for this eight-year-old. His name's Tristan. He's about to go into third grade, but he's going to know what to do. Everybody say, because he's going to know what to do. When my son Matthew was in third grade at First Assembly, he came flying out of his class and said to me, I got the language, I got the language, and he began to speak in tongues. My son, Matthew, that lives in Tulsa, yeah, eight years old. It's possible to know the Holy Spirit as a very young person. Why is that important? Because they need to be led by the Holy Ghost. We're going to send kids back to school, uh, or maybe we will. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But how many of you know as children, you go and you go away from your mom and dad? The foundation has to be in there. That's not the message of this young man, but that's the truth where we live today. Your children are not always going to be with you. You can try to keep them with you, but they're going to leave. They're going to go places. And what they know in their heart by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will quicken them, and he will tell them, this is the way, walk ye in it. Do not turn to the right or left. He will separate them from people who shouldn't be with them. He will let them know where they need to be. You say, well, I don't even know how that could happen. It happens because of the power of the anointing of the Spirit of God. Everybody say it's possible. As parents, as the person that's inputting into a child's life, guardian or whatever responsibility, we have power. They have been given to us. We, I still believe I have power over my grown children. Now, they don't do what I say necessarily, and I don't even tell them. How many of you know it's better not to tell adult children? If you haven't learned that, just repeat after me. It is not good, not wise to try to lead adult children. Yes, but the Lord can lead them by the Holy Spirit of God. So what do they need? They need the Holy Spirit. So they can be Holy Spirit-led. Second Chronicles 34. I, just, I was actually in Kings. This story's in Kings. It's in Chronicles. He's talked about in Isaiah. Why? Because he loved God somehow. Now, his father, his great-grandfather was Hezekiah. Then he had a father, Manasseh, who just ruined everything for Israel. In fact, God was so upset with that leader that he, that was the final straw for Israel. And they ended up... God said, they're going into captivity. And then there was Ammon, who was the son of Manasseh, and then this young man, Josiah, who's eight years old. And this is what it says about him. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right. If you read the Old Covenant, you read a lot of, he did not do what was right. He did what was right. He didn't do what was right. He did do what was right. It just goes back and forth like a bouncing ball, was right in the side of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, David. Everybody say David. 
You know, some of you have older uh, relatives that walked with God. You know, even your young people can learn to walk like them. It's in the genes. Everybody say it's in the genes. It's in the family line. It's in the family line. And then it says, he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year, now that he's 16, everybody say 16. He's 16. Uh, year, in that year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek God, his, of the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and the high places, the wooden images and the carved images and the molded images. He began to tear down the devil's kingdom. Everybody say, I can do that. We can do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. goes on in verse 7, says, When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images had been beaten, the carved images into powder, and cut down all the incense altars throughout all of the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of his reign, now he's 26, when he had purged the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, Mah- oh, the, all these names, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Jehoaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. I'll just paraphrase right now. From there, they began to repair the temple and to try to put things back together. In the process, they found the Torah. They found the book of the law. They found the five books that Moses wrote. And, and they gave that book to Hilkiah. Now, Hilkiah was the priest, and he, the book was given to him, and it says, this, Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law. This is verse 19. This is Josiah. Now, he's already torn down all these things. Somehow, by the Spirit of God, this young man began to change things, and his example was David. Do you know how far back he would have been in that lineage? Way back there. But he obviously had heard about him. I believe God's going to raise up young people in our day today that are just going to, we are going to be amazed at what they know how to do, at what they're going to do. And we won't even know maybe where they heard that or how they got it, but God can do it. Everybody say, God can do it. And he did it with this young man. But when he began, when this Hilkiah got the book of the law, says, then the king commanded Hilkiah, And he said, go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and Judah. When he began to hear this, he, it says he tore his clothes. He humbled himself. He recognized that Israel was in trouble by that book, by that book of the law. He realized it. And it says, concerning the words of the book that is found, for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because of our fathers who have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. And then it says in verse 27 or 26, as for the king of Judah, this is the prophet saying, he sends uh, Hilkiah to a prophet, Huldah, a lady, and she gives him this word. And this is what it says about Josiah. But as for the king of Judah, Josiah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord. Everybody say it's important to inquire of the Lord. Who has inquired of the Lord. In this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender 
and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you. Surely I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this palace, or on this place and its inhabitants. They did end up going into captivity. All of Israel, they went to Babylon. But God was still in charge. Everybody say, God was still in charge. In fact, if you read the scriptures, you'll find out that God said to them, you need to go to captivity but you're going to have to stay there for this long, but I will take care of you there. Everybody say, God will take care of us. You know, some, I, I, I'm amazed at the church in the situation we're in right now with COVID, that people think like God's left us or something. God is not surprised by this. One of the ladies in the staff meeting the other day says, well, we can't run away for him. We're going to live, we're going to live, learn to live with it. Everybody say, sometimes you'll just learn to live with it. Until it's defeated, we will live. Everybody say, I will live until it's defeated. That way, you, are, you have hope. You're walking forward. We are not sitting down because of a pandemic. God has not stopped working. I have seen him working all through this. Brandon's back there. I saw God work in Brandon's life just a couple of weeks ago in a court situation. And God has loosed that man because he's faithful. He took responsibility for his actions. Everybody say, that's a word. And he said, it was me. I repented, repented. Everybody say, repented. And God is moving in my life. God is not limited by your circumstance today, no matter what it is. He's not limited by the church. He's not limited by anybody, but he does want to use the church. Everybody say, God wants to use the church. He wants us to show his glory, just like this young man showed his glory. It goes on and it says, Josiah actually restored true worship. This is what it says. Uh, then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, all the people, great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. How many of you believe that we need to have all the words of the covenant read right now to the church? That's what he did. He called them all, great and small. Levites, the religious leaders, he called the people individually. And it says the king stood in his place, made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord. Everybody say follow. Say follow. Follow the Lord. And to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all, everybody say everyone, all who were present in Israel diligently served the Lord their God all his days. They did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. That's a powerful man. I pray that our president will be that kind of man. Did you hear restore worship? How many of you know in California they told him they couldn't sing? 
I don't know why. I guess because if you breathe out your mouth, you might spill something. Well, we spill the praises of God every day in this house when we come together. It says over a thousand of them went down to the water, lifted up their hands, and began to praise God. You cannot stop the power of God when you have an anointed leader. Everybody say an anointed leader. Josiah let them know how it was going to be. It says all of them. He said all their houses were empty of idols. What did he, I don't know, did he go in there and say, get rid of your idols? Did he inspect every house? I don't know. But I do believe the power of God took over and everything got done the way it was supposed to get done. Then it says he keeps the Passover. The Passover had not been kept since the days of Samuel. If you've read the Old Covenant, that's a long time. The Passover was a very important Jewish tradition. It recognized that God delivered them. Everybody say, delivered them. He delivered them from Egypt. He delivered them from bondage. And they had not acknowledged it in all those years. But Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem. And they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. He set the priest in their duties, encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he said to the Levites who taught all Israel, who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark. Everybody say the holy ark. The holy ark was the presence of of God. He says, put it in the house. Everybody say, the presence of the Lord is in my house. You may think, oh, no, no, you haven't seen my house. I don't need to see your house. I see you. The presence of the Lord is in your house. Say, it's in me. Everywhere you go is the presence of God. So wherever you live, the presence of God is in your house. You may not be able to see it, but he is there, and he loves you, and he knows your name, and he knows your kids. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you as parents are glad somebody knows about your kids? Because you're still trying to figure it out. But God knows, and he's a revealer of truth by the Holy Spirit of God. And so it says, then he said to the Levites, bring the ark in the house, which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people. They went ahead and prepared all of that Passover. In the last verse, it says, There had been no Passover kept in Israel like that since the days of Samuel the prophet. And none of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept. With the priests and the Levites, all Judah and Israel who were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the 18th year the 26th year of this man's life, the reign that he had, had a Passover kept at 26. Everybody say at 26. From 8 to 26, he ridded the entire kingdom of the evil that they had set up against their Lord God. And he not only rid, got rid of it, then he added back the worship and he brought ark, the presence of God back into the temple. Everybody say, praise God. Now, I believe God's ready to do that. I do. I really believe it. When he told me, I'll put a fire on the roof and a fire in the house, Lisa said to me, she said she was listening to my message last week, and she said, I text, she texted me and said I was in the pool, and she said, I thought, well, he put a fire in her too. Well, I don't mean to be uh, so strong like I know everything, but I know that I know 
that God will not be put into a basket and covered up in the middle of darkness. He will not live there. He will rise up. Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for the glory of God has risen upon you. And there will be gross darkness in the earth. There will be gross darkness. Everybody say, I think it's here. Well, it could get darker, but then we'll just look brighter. How many of you know in a dark room, you light something, it just lights up the room. You light a few more lights, and it gets brighter than the darkness. The church is ready to do this. I believe God knows that. And he wants to encourage us. I know your name. That's an old song we sing. But I heard it this week. I know your name. I hear you when you call me. And he even sees tears. It's, it's not bad to cry. Because those things can cleanse your heart. How many of you know sometimes a good cleansing is good for all of us? God is ready to do something in the church. Now, I have a video for you. And um, I saw this video. I just thank God. You know, when he gives you a word, then he just throws little things at you every, here, every now and then that just click with what you're trying to say. And uh, this, you'll have to watch closely because it's one of those that when you put it on the screen, it goes from this wide to this wide. But bless Reuben's heart back there. He widened it a little bit for me. And it's, it's in a church, and a man's giving a demonstration on following God. By the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, here we go.
Amen. Amen. What he said was, sometimes we want God to set it up, but he asked us to set it up, and then we see him move. That's what I think is the greatest liability of the church, is that we become like the world. We're waiting on God to do something. As soon as God does something, I'm telling you, I'm going to be in it. I will be there, bless God. How many of you... How many of you know some people that are still at home now? They've, the enemy has so pulled them back and disappointed them through the waiting for the setup that their discouragement has put them at home sitting there thinking God is never going to do it. And God is saying, set it up. Set it up. You know, this actually happened to me, and I've never had this happen. I was sitting out here one day praying. I said, Lord, i just like to know if this is where we're going to be. More than just right now. And I heard this. Is this where you'd like to be? I thought, well, now there's a thought I didn't think I got to be asked. And I, this is what I said. I love, I love it here for some reason. He said, well, if this is what you want. See, God loves you so much. Now, he's not going to give you something he doesn't want you to have. But he puts a desire in you. How many of you have ever had a desire, and then you wonder, will God give me that? I don't know if he'll give it to me. And God is just saying, do you want it? Let me show you. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, you're not going to get that if you're out running around, you know, doing things you shouldn't be doing because your desires are not going to be God's. Like my husband, when I first married him, I had known the Lord a little bit longer than my husband, and he got saved. We got married uh, in a fever. No, not really, but it was fast. It was three months. We got married in three months. We met and we were married. But God told me when he, when he called me on the telephone, God said to me, he's the one. This is him. It was so unlikely that it could be him. I was thinking God must have, you know, got mixed up, got the wrong caller. But God didn't, and he put us together. And my husband, I remember when he said to me, you know, I, I've got this scripture that God, you just ask God. And he will give you your, whatever you desire. I mean, he had John 14, greater works will you do. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He said, I'd like a, what was that, a Lincoln Continental. I thought, well, I hope you can get that. I don't think that's what he had in mind. Because I had walked longer, I knew the things of the Lord. Now, I had my own issues, but I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. Because he already told me, you don't want to marry me because I have so much debt. Uh, you might want to wait. I said, oh, no, I don't want to wait. God will take care of it. I didn't know how much it was. But God took care of it. Everybody say, God took care of it. See, when you obey the voice of God and you begin to get your heart right with God, your desires become his desires. And then when you ask, he will do it because he's already planted that seed on the inside of us. I want to pray for you today because I believe there are a lot of people in the church, church that have a lot of ideas um, <laughs> uh, that they, they, they believe are from God. You know, the ideas from God uh, rarely are about you only. They're about other people because God cares about others. 
And that's our whole ministry is to reach out to other people. And I've found that over the years as I've served God, that God will give me things, but it's not for me necessarily. It's so he can use me in my walk with him to bless other people. Everybody say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And this is, this is what I, um, I felt when I, was, when I was doing this message, that there are people who haven't recognized yet the power of God to do for you what you believe in your heart. You believe in your heart, but you haven't recognized the power of God to make it happen. And my husband and I have walked in ministry for 40 years, so, you know, we have a little bit of a head start in some things, and our confidence has grown. But it didn't grow by us sitting, waiting on God to do something. It grew by us stepping out, just like Josiah did. And when I read in the um, in my commentary of John Maxwell, I read his commentary. I, read, I have a Bible, New King James, but it has his commentaries about different things. And what it said about Josiah was his personal renewal. Everybody say personal renewal. Uh, brought personal change. In other words, when he became uh, committed to follow the ways of his, whatever relative David would have been, but to follow his ways, then his personal life changed. Everything changed. When his personal life changed, then public change became implemented. In other words, he had authority. So, the things that were going on in his nation began to change. Then when those things began to change, then public reform occurred. In other words, then the people in that nation began to change because their circumstances had changed. I believe this nation has the ability to see that happen. I believe believe that we need to pray for who will be our president, Personally, I believe the one we've got right now has stood up for abortion, stood up for uh, the church. He's spoken about God. So far, I I believe that his purpose, now he may not do everything right, but as far as the Word of God, seems to be following the truth of the Word of God. But no matter who's in the White House, God is in the big house. And that house is bigger than who's in the White House. We are not going to fold no matter who's in the White House. We need to do our part because we'll be responsible to God to do our part. We are Christians. We need to vote the Holy Spirit. Vote whatever the Holy Spirit says. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, that's what you vote. Not based on anything except what the Holy Spirit said. Because we are Holy Spirit-led people. But in our own lives, we've got to begin to believe what God has put in our heart. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's something you think, I'm just too old to do that. Or you think you're too young to do that. I think we had an example today in this Josiah of an eight-year-old who somehow God got the word to him. And he began to do God's will at eight years old. Everybody say, at eight years old, if he can do it, I can do it. Let's stand. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person here today. I thank you that we are a Holy Ghost-led church, a Holy Spirit-led church. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll pray for you today. It's very easy to receive from God. You just open your mouth and God fills it the same way that we get saved. 
when we, uh, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says just that confession of what we believe in our heart with our mouth causes us to be saved. Boy, I didn't understand that. I, I was in a denominational church for years, and I knew about Jesus. But boy, when I received Jesus, I got into a personal relationship. Everybody say personal. And when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, that's the beginning of change. That's the beginning of personal renewal in our lives. Let's bow our heads. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are watching uh, on Facebook Live, or maybe you've, you've turned this on on YouTube, and uh, you're just where you are today. Maybe you've walked with God and you've, you've just let go, or maybe you've just always known that Jesus was the Son of God, but you've never really said, I'd like you to be the Lord of my life. I need a change. I need to know where I'm going to spend eternity. And beyond that, I need to know what I'm supposed to do right here in this earth that will be, bring glory to God, but will also bring peace to my heart. I pray right now, if that's you, anybody in this congregation, that's you today, that you've never said to Jesus, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, that today would be your day of salvation. We're going to pray. And the Bible says that in Romans 10, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was the Son of God, that he went to Calvary, he died for your sins, for your mistakes, and that he rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the Father where he lives to make intercession for all of us. And then you begin to confess with your mouth those things, you will be saved. That means you're delivered from the power of the devil, and he does have power to kill, steal, and destroy. But there is a greater power in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's pray this together. If that's you today, and you know where you are, in Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, I ask you today to change my life. I desire to find the purpose for my life. And I know my purpose would be hidden in you. So I receive Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and begin to lead me and change me into what I was called to be by the power and the anointing of God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you've never prayed it before, you're coming back. I'm going to be right here at the end of the service. I want you to come see me. And I want to pray for you before you go. Now I want to pray for all of you that are seated or standing here today. In Jesus' name. How many of you have some secret things that are in your heart that God has dropped in your heart? that you've wondered, is this really me or is this God? Yeah, lift your hands because God, that's what the devil say. Oh, it's what you ate or just what you hope or something you saw somebody else do. That's not the truth. God has a plan. Father, in Jesus' name, you see these hands. You see those that have lifted their hands. They know there's a purpose. They know there's a destiny and they just, they need your encouragement, Holy Spirit, today to believe that the one who put that calling in their heart, the one who has stirred them in that arena, that you will begin to show them. We thank you, Lord, that step by step, 
step by step, you will begin to show them. And I bind disappointment. Some of you are locked in disappointment. I bind it in the name of Jesus. The enemy has said that will never happen. God is able to make all things happen in his time, in his season, by his power. And I thank you, Lord, that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. The voices that are against their dream, against their plan, against the thing that's in their heart, you will show them, Lord, how to take the first step toward that, to go away from the doubt and unbelief, to leave behind all the care, to leave behind how God's going to do it and say, yes, Lord, I will do it. Those of you that have your hands raised, say this. Yes, Lord, I will do it. Father, in Jesus' name, you heard that yes. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you will perfect it. You will perfect it. Now, I pray for the rest of you that are here today. There are dreams that God is putting in people's hearts all over this nation, I believe, for the time we're in. Because I believe we get to make a difference in what's going on. And I pray right now that every person here today would see what God wants to do through your life. If you don't know or you haven't seen it, God's going to show you. Because there's a destiny and a purpose. And we're never too old. He just goes from glory to glory in our lives. And I believe we're all going from glory to glory. I pray over you all today that you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost just for a minute. We have a couple minutes. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, just open your mouth and God will fill it because the power of God is available to anyone who asks. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. This is not the one for church to edify the church. This is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to be edified, to be built up in your own spirit so you know what to do when God speaks to you. Okay, lift your voices and let's pray for this nation before we go. Lord, we lift up our nation. We lift up those in authority. We lift up those in this state in authority, in these cities that we're in in authority. We thank you, Father, that they're led by the Holy Spirit of God, that they do not bow their knee to strange voices, that they do not listen to voices that will pull the people in this community, in this state or this nation away from God. But they hear the voice of God, the voice of God that will lead them and guide them and direct them in the way that this nation should go. We thank you, Lord, that America is your nation, that you designed it for your glory, for your purpose. And in Jesus' name, we lift up all of those senators, congresspeople, all of the people in state offices. You commanded the church to pray for those in authority. We pray for them in Jesus' name. We pray for pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles. We thank you, Father, that all prophets all over the world, they hear the voice of God. They do what God is saying to do. And that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will rise up in this hour and be mighty, mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, to declaring the work of the Lord and seeing the glory of God. Fill every temple, every temple, every person's life. And we believe it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Repeat after me or say this with me if you know it. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And my labor is not in vain.
Amen. Give God praise. See you Wednesday night on the video <laughs> or in church. We do have service on Wednesday nights for adults. <laughs>